All right, welcome to Utility Podcast, presented by Big Hug Studio. My name is Jeff Excel. This is Bernardo, and with us today is Summer Wagner, whose collection, the, the parody of a Tangled Thread, just sold out. I think last week. Welcome, Wag. Welcome, uh, Summer, to the to the show. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Welcome, Summer. Thank you so much for being with us today. Is going to we are going to have a podcast full of questions that we are we're wanting to to talk with you for weeks now we've been mentioning you in the other in the other episodes so it's very nice that you are here uh before we start we need to say that nothing here is going to be financial or art advice we are just a few friends talking and this is our own uh opinions sometimes controversy uh but i hope no one gets offended because we come from an honest place <laughs> or or get offended that's okay <laughs> um so what'd you what'd you guys get up to this week how how was uh did you get anything collect anything uh bernardo so yes so this week i actually i managed to flip some gen art uh i i paper handed actually i could <laughs> i could have made a lot more but well it's what it is. Um, so I, I flipped some gen art to be able to have some, to buy some photography. And actually, I bought a photography, a, photo, a photograph from Summer, from um, one collection, that, the collection from Obscura. And she still has some photos there. Um, and I managed to buy this masterpiece from Isaros. And so that was my week regarding photography. And you, Summer, what have you done this week? Well, this week, let's see, um, a lot of relaxing, which I think I've needed um, some time to spend with family and friends, lots of family time, which has been great. And then uh, after selling out this collection, I decided to invest in myself. I got a new camera, so I'm really excited about that. Um, and I've been shooting, so shot some, shot some fun stuff, um, making, making art. Is that and... the stuff you're posting? On... Oh yeah. The tree stuff. Yeah. Yeah. With the Pretty wires awesome. and the trees. Yeah. I'm excited to continue with the idea. I think I haven't perfected it yet, but. I love that theme. Like I love, uh, nature and technology theme for some reason. It's just like been this common theme throughout my life that I love. So very, very cool. Yeah, it's like a huge, I think that those are, those worlds in my brain is what's like constantly in conversation. And I, I'm excited to, yeah, continue the visual conversation that I'm having with technology and nature and them being kind of one and the same. Yeah. I, and you, Jeff? Yeah. Oh, I have you done have... anything this week, apart from flipping some stuff, because I know that you flipped as well. Yeah, I will, I will say that I definitely... <laughs> aped into some you know pfp stuff i've been like trying to flip pfp projects um honestly because i'm broke <laughs> so i'm trying to get enough money to um you know purchase life stuff it's pretty boring but um <laughs> big hugs bought two images i think one from valentino i don't know his last name and another from marja um yeah, just yep. community members that we, you know, had the pleasure of buying from. Um, and I read Photoverso, which I wanted to mention on the podcast specifically because um, they've been really, they've been really generous and kind with us, mentioning us several times. And 
um, for anyone who, I think like the photo community, NFT photo community is um, great, but if you've like just stepped into it, it's a little disorienting. So like going to certain place, like touch points to like find gathered information. Like I consider the podcast one of those places, hopefully, and hopefully we do the best job we can here. Um, Photoverse, so I, I, I think is an, another good example of something that uh, a, a publication that comes out every week that does a pretty good job of summarizing what's going on in a community. So yeah, I think those things are, are necessary and good. So I read that. It's pretty good. Um, but yeah, you want to know so, the news? Yeah. So before, before we talk with Summer, um, there are just a few things that we wanted to mention to the community, things that have been happening. And, <clears throat> excuse me. So I wanted to bring um, a new platform. Um, we've been we've been seeing other platforms coming, and one platform that is coming now and has has released the better version is Citrus. 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 Um, yeah. So it's a new creation platform. We had Decker that came recently to this to the space. We had Gallery before. We had Cyber as well, and now now we have this one that is called Citrus. So Citrus has, has been done by uh, Rob Chevypop. He is a collector as well, and he's part of the um, Citizens DAO, and that's how I, I met him. So what I like about this platform compared to others is one is free. Another one is that it is super, you can customize a lot of things. So I would um, I would say to everyone to go to Sartes and check check it out because it's quite quite nice. They are going to have a lot. Of, so I was spoken with Rob. They are going to have a lot of things coming, and it's going to be quite quite um, interesting how the market in terms of uh, galleries is going to play out. So yeah, we'll see how that goes. It feels like there's a big kind of push for galleries right now. I, but I, I mean, I know Rob's been working on this forever. I talked to him about it. Yeah, a year and a half ago. minimum. Yeah, so I know that it's uh, it's supposed to be a really kind of like a parallel to Squarespace, um, but like a Web three Squarespace. At least that's kind of the pitch I got. Um, and so far, it looks fantastic. I don't think I'm doing it justice, but this is Rob's personal page. Is that correct? Yes. Yeah. So I think yeah. you can enter in each and oh, if you can, enter on portrait photography. Oh, you're right. Holy cow. See, I haven't really dug around here yet. Oh, that's nice. So you, because he has different galleries in his gallery. I just set up a DECA gallery for Omar just because it was one of the collections that I could easily access. And, uh, I will say I like this better. I just yeah. like bigger. And pictures. if you if you press if you press one of the photos, check mm -hmm. the photo. That's cool. Super nice. And <clears throat> excuse me. Yeah, you can only see that. them, and you can go to the sides. So all this, I I had the pleasure to help Robin doing this part. Well, I didn't oh, do cool. much. I just, <laughs> but I uh, it's nice to see this getting getting more use and everything working really well. Summer, do you have a preference of like galleries or ways in which you display your work? Or are you kind of like a... 
I was just about to say that this this layout reminds me of the layout I have for the parody of a tangled thread on my website. It's like, except for you can see it also as a grid. And the reason why I did it that way is because the collection is really cohesive. Um, or not 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 necessarily. Well, yeah, because the collection is really cohesive and I wanted the images to be viewed all at once. I had it displayed as a grid, but then you can click on the image and it'll expand and then you could click through individual ones, kind of like how this gallery does it with the descriptions. And I think I really like that because something that I look for in like looking at a either a collection by a certain artist or even a collection by a uh, a collection curated by a collector. I like the idea of being able to look at things next to each other because I think that that's really a lot of time there's a lot of intention put into those contrasts or at least like those types of contracts is some contrasts is something I I I admire about about bodies of work being put together. It's part um, of the fun too as a collector. It's like yeah. preparing work. Exactly. And like finding parallels. Like this is nice because, and I like the way that this is laid out in the sense that there's like in the city, the portraits, blah, 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 so that wow. you can kind of see how all of it plays together. I enjoy that a lot. Yeah, it's really cool. Great thing. Go check it out for sure. Um, the next thing we wanted to share was the borough. I'm not sure if anyone's heard of this here in this podcast, but they put out, um, they did a drop a couple months ago called Pluralize. And it's a collection of Southeast Asian, am I getting that right? I want to make sure that I'm getting that right. Yes, South Asian artists. It's like a South Asian artist collective. Their whole goal is to just kind of like band together and get more of a spotlight. I think this is something that I've been thinking about a lot lately, which is, and it's something we talked about right before we started recording, which is how do you get eyeballs on your work if you are, you know, if you're not getting those already? And I think part, you know, one great idea I think is banding together with a bunch of other artists and doing something like this. I mean, right now this is a hundred artists from wow. South Asia. And I think there's a percentage of them that are digital artists. And so you can come here. Um, if you're a member, you can, well, their second drop is called Pause. And they have already done the collector's mint and the allow list mint. And they just started, I think yesterday or today, the public sale, which is 0.25. And it's a random mint, which for me, I like, cause it's like fun gambly where it's like, we'll see what I get. Um, and it introduces me to new stuff that I don't, I don't, I haven't seen yet. I really want to get these guys on the pod, just talk to them about being seen in a market that's like very Western centric. Um, but I think what they're doing here is fantastic. And I am going to mint one of these, not at this moment, but I will, um, <laughs> I think with big hugs. So I'm a little short on cash right now, but yeah. So I think they are, they are doing a, an amazing work and I think trying to decentralize photography. I, I, we spoke a little bit before. I think photography is very centralized on the American market. Um, and for people that don't 
don't have the English as the first language or native English, sometimes it's very difficult to get those eyes because people cannot communicate freely if you don't if you don't um, have the language as as uh, if you don't control the language as as a native. And I think if you if these people get together and try to do these type of platforms where um, where they can show their work, it's it's another way of dealing with that problem because uh, I think it's a problem because people that don't don't have English as the first language sometimes they struggle. Like me, for example, sometimes I stop I stop talking in the middle of the phrase because I'm trying to come out with the the word that wants to. I mean, I can't imagine after. doing a podcast in French or like any like I would I wouldn't be able to do that. So you're doing great. So yeah, I think I think they have a, a very good idea here, and they should continue, and I think we should support it. I mean, and also it's great photography. Like, you know, one of the biggest problems right now, just currently, I think, is that the collector base is mostly English speaking. And so a lot of it's difficult. Um, it's difficult I don't think do. we will, it will ever change. I don't think that will ever change because Twitter is, is English, you know, it's the, it's the worldwide language, but that oh. means that a lot of people are going to struggle to be able to marketing the, their work. Yeah. So platforms is a way to, to be able to do that. Let's hope it changes easily. Let's hope. Yeah. Yeah, in a year time, you are going to be speaking in, in Spanish or in Portuguese on this podcast. You know I what? imagine if I I would be very proud of myself. <laughs> okay, I'll stop. <laughs> Summer, okay, so you have thoughts about this? I don't want. I don't want. Oh, I I mean, I'm really excited about the idea of having a curated platform for people outside or in a specific areas, people who aren't receiving as much traction because of the language barrier i think it's important to, to have curated spaces where the art is being seen so and that site looks beautiful yeah um and i think the the mint thing at the top looks really easy and super simple to use so yeah yeah it's it's a i think it's a very good thing for the space so summer let's talk about you now Sorry, I feel it. Yes, so um, you've been a success story in the space and congratulations for that. Um, your, your photos are amazing. All of us love it. Me and Jeff, I think we are, we, we were not able to, we mentioned your, your collection as a masterpiece, I remember in one of the podcasts. And then we didn't have any, any liquidity at the time. Yeah. I could not buy any. I think Jeff happened exactly the same thing. It and so then fast. we end up without without having any of the photos of that collection, which is amazing, which is amazing for you. And I managed to, after that, because I wanted to have a piece from you, I managed to go to the community drop from Obscura and you still have some in there and I bought one. That which I really one did you love. get? I haven't, uh, I don't get notifications on that, so. I would love to see which one you collected. So actually, I was going to collect one that was very similar to the other work that you've done on this collection, that it was the people on the library with the phones. Mm -hmm. uh, that was my first, my first, uh, the one that I chose first. But then, let me just go in on my page. And then I, 
it was one that has three silhouettes on the front <sighs> picture. Mm. And and that spoke to me. You know, it was more like super powerful. It's a little mm. bit different from the things that you normally do, I would say. Is it like the guy in the chair with the yes. yellow bag hanging? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Is that one? Wow. So it's a little bit different. It's a little bit different from the things that you that you've done in this past collection. But at the same time, it feels super powerful because it's it's in the on the front of the of the photo and you cannot tell which people those are again those ghostly images. Um so yeah, I was going for something more summer, and then I end up in a in a in another type of photo from you. A little bit more more dark, I would say. Oh, I love that. I really, I am so happy that you saw what that picture was all about. And I, I personally love, I think there's two of them that are in like the same environment. I took those in the Dominican Republic and the ambiguity in those pictures is something that really stood out to me. And it's definitely very different from like the stuff that has been in my previous two collections. But for me, it's like, a growth thing, you know, like perhaps that mm. is a direction that I want to grow in more that's different. So yay, yeah, so I'm so excited. This is, is what I want I wanted to talk with you. How how this how did you come up? How did you come to photography and how did you come to Web3? Like very summarized. Very summarized. Um, I came to photography. Uh, I studied film production in school and I was on a very particular track in college, I was doing directing, so I didn't have my hands on the camera very often at all. Um, but then COVID happened and I was living in Southern California. That just wasn't an option anymore, um, obviously. It was expensive and I was in school my last semester. So I moved to where my family was in Illinois and worked at a grocery store for almost a year. And then I was just feeling, you know, creatively very stifled. And I knew that like film was, it was like very clear that COVID was not going away. And I didn't want to go and struggle to try to, oh, there it is. Yeah. Love that shot. Anyways. Yeah. So was feeling very intensely, like, you know, just kind of ending a chapter in my life with wanting to, to direct films and didn't want to like spend my 20s trying to grind to make films and and just never be able to express like what I wanted. So my friend lent me a camera. This was in October of 2020. And um, yeah, I started taking pictures and was like trying to get book shoots for like family sessions and portrait sessions and kind of just ended up like doing that like the family portrait stuff but then I was like you know hungry to to try to do more things because I just ended up falling in love with photography and um and yeah and then I uh just started doing my own creative stuff and creating like being really fun and childlike and playful and and doing fantasy more fantasy work and then I got shadow, I started to explore some nude, uh, like fine art portraits and stuff. And I got shadow banned or I got banned on Instagram. 
or they took down my stuff, then I got shadow banned, like really bad. If you ever want to talk about shadow banning on Instagram, it is so cruel and like really, really like I censored my stuff and they still took it down and still shadow ban me. So I was getting pretty tired of Instagram and I just was like, I want a place where I could share my work and just not have to worry about that. So I came to Twitter um, just because I was like, I just want to share. <clears throat> and the Twitter photography community was just so loving. Like literally, I just felt like I was getting my a big old hug from from really genuine people. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, exactly. Um, and Chadwick Tyler, who is a co-founder of Fellowship, this is before Fellowship was a thing ever. Um, did him basically to help me mint a collection and uh he was just awesome and and he got my first but that was a year after i started taking pictures that was october actually almost a year to the date if you go to my instagram i minted my first nft like october 10th and i started taking pictures on october 9th like my first instagram post was october 9th the year before um and then yeah that's that's a summarized version of of how it all started I will say that for the viewers, I think, I think my internet cut out like a tiny piece of that. And I'm really sorry. It was right. You said Chadwick Tyler and then suddenly my internet cut out and I was like, oh. Oh no. Do you want me to like say anything again? Well, you were saying that like, you were talking with Chad, like Chadwick Tyler about were you, was, fel was fellowship helping you mint? Okay. So yeah, no. Uh, this is before fellowship was a thing. Fellowship was just like gotcha. Chadwick's like little brain baby. Uh -huh. And I think he had like a foundation account titled fellowship, but he was just collecting work with it. Uh -huh. And he had like, you know, dreams of what he wanted fellowship to be, but it was very like just him. And he sponsored, I like had no money. I was so broke. I was literally like, I had a big accident happened at my apartment and like was my partner and I were living with friends and in their room and it was just like a big dark time and then yeah Chadwick reached out and was like you got to do a collection I was like I don't have this is when ETH was like you know $3,500 yeah, yeah like and it was so it cost like $130 to mint yeah a, a picture so he yeah he sent me ETH to mint with and then collected, I think, three works. And so, yeah, he really, really held it down for me in that way. It's changed my life, obviously. That's awesome. I remember hearing you on a space and that was the thing that you were talking about was like a car hit your house or something. And I was like, that's crazy. Yeah, so and it, caught, it caught my attention enough to where I was like, oh, let's see what she's doing. And then I went in there, I was like, oh, I love this stuff. It's kind of like a bad thing, but also I'm like, it caught my attention to the point where I was like, I should go check out what this person's doing. I should really capitalize on the whole car getting <laughs> hit by. Yeah, I mean, you should for sure. Too, but yeah, <laughs> I mean, it is like it was an intensely crazy time, and I will say that like it it thrusted me into be like coping with a horrible situation by being creative. And I learned an immense, immense, immense amount that summer because I was just outside all the time, like taking pictures because I didn't have like a place. Yeah. 
to live. Can you, so this is the thing that I think was so impressive to me, which is like, you dropped that collection. It was your first, um, it was before foundation had collections. So it's kind of like on foundation as a collection, you know, right. which is annoying. Um, but that's everybody. So I bought one from that collection and then you didn't like disappear, but you, I just figured you were busy or like, there's a bunch of people who came in, shot, put some stuff up and then either disappeared or like went quiet for a while or, you know, something happened, whatever. And so I had assumed that you might be one of those people that kind of just went away because I just, I don't know, you know, Twitter, it's like the algorithm will bury anybody. Mm. And then suddenly you started teasing um, the new drop and then it just kind of came out of nowhere for me because I wasn't following the story. And mm. so can you just take me through, like you had the, I, I think the, the big conversation that I've been having amongst a lot of people and in my head lately is like, what is success like for an NFT artist? You had success with your first collection. You sold it out, right? And then you went away for a while. Can you like lead us from that first collection to the second collection? Because I feel like that's where a lot of people are right now. Is there between mm. collections and they're like, what do I do? So mm. can you tell us your story there? Yeah, that's, it's so interesting to hear your like, perspective of that time because for me it's like I knew that I wanted to do a second collection I had been talking to some people at foundation and confirmed yeah I'm gonna do this and I was getting a lot of pressure not intentionally you know I think people are just excited lots of excitement about what's gonna come next and like I had originally said I'd have a new collection in like four months. And then as like my work was unfolding, um, it was just becoming like a longer and longer time because I really overall, like just because of what I, my, my priority is to always be authentic and to always prioritize telling the story that, that I'm going to be the best at telling. And um, that takes time for me. Some people are like really just have a different process and are able to like consistently move and whatever. I need like time to create bodies of work that are that go together and like be able to digest that for like a long period of time. And I was like working really, really hard on this new collection, like it, for a six month period, I think it was six months after, no, maybe, maybe six to nine months after the in-between. Um, but it was still 53 pictures, you know, that's a big that's a ass lot. collection. That's a lot of content to shoot in nine months. And that's working. That seems like it's working really fast. Like 53 shots in less than a year is and feels insane. Yeah. I mean, I, I think that that's where my like film background I've been thinking about that a lot I feel like that's where my film background kind of like um comes into my photography because a lot of what I was doing in the film space was like organizing 
organizing time and resources to, to produce the most amount of content in the least amount of resources and time as I possibly could. And I think it's really helped me in my photography um, career or the way I express myself in photography because most of these pictures are taken, I think in like three or four different locations um which is not that much at all but it's locations that i would return to and have like access to very easily so that i could you know really work out the stories that i was trying to tell maybe not three or four but i'm looking at this and i'm like no but i mean like i i'm starting to connect <laughs> these in my head now i'm like okay that looks like a school that you were in i'm like okay yeah that's interesting. Uh, yeah, there's, I think the biggest or the ones that I have the most in the collection is in the Dominican Republic. When I went there in January, um, the, the church that I shot in like an old church, a lot of the shots are from there, the school, and then just like various outside areas in my town that I live in. So who are the people on these photos? They're all either me or my close friends. Mm. Interesting. So yeah. So are they are self-portraits. Yes. A lot of them are self-portraits. This one is not, I'm not in this photo. Um, these are three close friends um, who I have just like grown with as I've been shooting and we always have fun while we do it. You know, it's like just a little hang. A lot of times, especially in the in-between more so than in this collection, the photo sessions were very like meditative, like just hanging out as like, as like women or as people. And that's because I shot that collection during the summer. This collection I shot mostly during the winter. Um, like this photograph, for example, you can see the tree has no leaves on it. I think it was taken either like the way beginning of spring or the way end of, of winter. And I am in that photo. I'm, yeah, I'm are you far, right, far right here. Yes, that's me. <laughs> so one of the things that we, we already touched the subject and whenever we are seeing these photos is that you have a signature to your photos. So you have like, uh, um, whenever we see a photo from you, I think everyone can tell that it was you that made it. Do you think that is that type of signature is essential to be able to be successful in this space? And I'm saying this because whenever we look at the, the biggest like collections and the people that are most successful on the space, you can tell that the pictures are from there, from their collections like Zank or Guido or Kath Seamard or Woodward. Samantha. Uh, Amy Woodward as well. Yeah. Um, you can tell by looking at one picture. It doesn't have to be signed. You don't have to. See, you don't have to see the the web page. You can tell straight away. It's from those people. Do you think that is mandatory? It's such a good question. I I have like I guess my intuitive feeling is that photography experiences a different it, it's harder to sell out a big collection in photography because you if you don't have a distinctive style um because like if you think about paintings and and the types of digital or digital artwork that do really well in the space it's like 
the artist is going to make something that is like they're literally building a world in their picture or their their piece or their body of work and they do that because they're building it from scratch a lot of the time um, or they're building up from very little a photographer is still i think philosophically constructing worlds even just even through point of view and, and technique and everything like that but sometimes it's a little bit more difficult to distinguish a photographer um, just by looking at a picture, especially if they don't have like an involved post post production process like me or Samantha Cavet. Um, so I'd say I'd say yeah, having a distinctive a distinctive style is is definitely it's maybe not mandatory, but it's really helpful in being able to build a brand um, mm -hmm. and being able to. Uh, build a world that that is being presented to 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 people, maybe not even just collectors, but to people even outside of Web three and just on Twitter. I will um, say, as as somebody who like plays D anD D and like appreciates world building in general, like you've built a world here, like you've built a a different world that all of these pictures live in and it's like i really appreciate the the craft of someone who can who can do that successfully that's i think very very difficult and and underrated so this thank could, you and I'm, I'm looking at these pictures and i'm seeing now on netflix the stranger things and this could be the the other world you know mm. <laughs> it's 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 another world <laughs> exactly it's i mean i i like to think of i think i described at least maybe not in writing but in maybe another podcast or something like you know the parody of a tangled thread is is all about allowing the fantastical a nonverbal spiritual elements that we might feel allowing those things to bubble up to a visual moment that happens in in a photograph so it's like what what i'm really trying to do is like tap into the the spiritual world that exists in our real world and and make that visually comprehensible to people um yeah there there was um sorry to cut you off there um this is coming from a can i ask one question oh uh, yeah sorry question you come so <laughs> yeah so why did you why do you think your collection sell out so uh, what do you think are the things that made your collection to be like a tremendous success probably okay i'm gonna say first and foremost because it's a good collection I think I put a lot of time and energy and thought, like so much work and effort into the collection and making it cohesive, making it easy for people to relate to, making it as palatable as possible. Like I put so much work into just building some uh, something that I thought was genuinely a beautiful body of work that I would want to be a part of if I was collecting. Um, so that, I think that normally before maybe a week ago, I would have responded not with that first, but I'm going to respond with that first because, you know, I did, I think that the, that the body of work is good and, 
um, that is ultimately what what I think people relate to. Secondly, the the collection did like sit on foundation for two months with pretty much very little sales and fellowship um, like bought when I had dropped the collection, they were really awesome and like sent several pieces to auction. Uh, some say some of the best pieces in the collection and nobody bid, you know, it was like total crickets, like except for fellowship. So, but uh, it was after NFT NYC. I went to NFT NYC. I was like, fuck it. I'm going to go. I like was going to meet up with Samantha. We, we were going to share, we shared a hotel room together. I was like very <laughs> like scared to go because I, you know, was not financially in a great place since ETH crashed. And it just seemed like a lot, you know, New York is expensive and it seemed like frivolous or something, but I was like, you know what? No, go dazzle them with your personality. <laughs> and <laughs> like, but really I was just like, I'm going to go and I want to meet my friends and, and be able to connect with people because I've made so many close, amazing relationships and would love to, to build on that. And I really, really do believe that that super helped just to be able to like have people like hold you in person, you know, and like understand you as a person and see you as like a physical being. And also just to like be inspired and, and, and be inspired by people in real life and, and feel connected in a much more cohesive way with that community because my Twitter community is pretty split between just like people and like the NFT space. And at the time, I feel like maybe I was just interacting more with just people who were connecting with my work outside of the space. So going to NFT NYC was like bringing all of the energy all of a sudden and condensing it into the NFT space. And I feel like people who, who knew me maybe, or who knew of me, but who just had not clicked on the link you know of mm. of the collection finally took the time to like go and click on the link and like take a look at the work and and it was like i literally i got on the plane and i came home and this uh, i had like an auction going and then it was just ever since then like i sold a few pieces while i was in new york and then i came home auction started and then it was just like more more people who i met there like had been starting auctions and then from there it was just like are these like typical spiral. collectors or were these other photographers um so in uh new york i sold a piece to billy din hmm. dean is it dean or din i think it's dan i'm not sure i think it is Din. um so that was awesome he said he'd been looking at the collection for a while and when we met in person it was he actually like bought a piece and then came and surprised me at a restaurant or like you know i was surprised and then we saw each other and it was like ah. that's fun um <laughs> and but actually so the guy who started the first collection um or the first auction when i got back his name is fred um he runs a guy bordeen a gallery in italy Wow. And yeah, cool guy. He was not at NFT NYC. He is like part of fellowships team, but I think knew somehow and him and he is just now collecting a ton of work in the space. 
So I don't know exactly what went down in terms of him just deciding to start that auction. But then it was like Chikai started four auctions, yeah. which was just amazing. And like D's yeah. started a couple of auctions, I think, and he collected two pieces. And then I had a friend, Tijo, collect a work. Um, Tijo has great, amazing art and is doing great in the space. So it's kind of a mostly collectors, but definitely some artists in there too. Yeah, I have to say that um, I have a little bit that experience as well because I was in NFT Lisbon and I met Grayson, Grayson Laufenberg. Oh, yeah. I hope I'm not, I'm not saying his name wrong. Um, <laughs> so I met Grayson and I knew his collection from the, uh, the skaters in Jamaica. But it was a collection that I liked, but it didn't, I didn't press the button. And after I met him, I, I made sure that I, I would collect from him. Mm. So I think although all of us, we meet on Twitter and on Web3 and we never met each other, I think whenever we get to those areas where everybody can eat together, I think mm. it's a really, really nice thing to do. And I, I would encourage everyone to do. I think Jeff never, never wants to do these things because he's not very social. No, I really do. But I, <laughs> I'm the guy who's like, I'll, go, I'll come up and say hi and then I'll like stand in a corner until mm. I feel so uncomfortable that I leave because I just don't have anything to say. Just make sure you have your extroverted friend there. Samantha yeah. is so shy and I know she's fine with me saying this because she says it herself. She's very shy, but that was great because I am like too extroverted. So we there really balanced each other out like and you just got to have that friend who's going to start the conversation. I'll bring Bernardo yeah. with me to NYC. Yes, I'll go with you. Don't worry. <laughs> I'll go with you. Um, um, where were we? Sorry. Jeff, it's you. Yeah. Um, hey, man, I don't know. I hesitate to bring this up. But what? Okay. I just feel like this has been coming up more and more in conversations that I'm having. And I know that the experience... Uh, of being a female photographer is different than being a male photographer. And so I just wanted to hear your perspective on that. For me, I mean, I, being someone who is very art first, I, I definitely am guilty of like missing those things that are so different about it. I do, I do feel like, I do feel like the space in itself feels a bit toxic at times. And so I just wanted to like get your perspective on, on that whole topic, to be honest. Yeah, man, it's been a, it's been a interesting thing to think about since I've, been in the space um, almost a year now. And I will say that like my perspective on things has changed a little bit since I like first got here. Um, I think when I first entered the space, you know, there is just pure sexism. If you want to like put it that way, I guess it just exists in everyday life. We haven't, we have internalized biases, right. That are mm -hmm. going to, um, make us prefer what's getting attention or what's being validated um, culturally in any environment 
over maybe what we genuinely like or you know maybe we like things because of our internalized biases um and it's hard to as a person as an individual to feel responsible for what you like in that way if that makes sense um and then of course there's like the inappropriate comments and the sure the uh i don't know like yeah like the dms or the the do you get those do you get those i used to more than i do now when i had less followers now that i have like more followers also i have slowed down in the nude shooting a little bit um although my latest work actually is kind of returning to that but when i had like less followers i feel like guys were just more like down to comment some creepy shit like yeah you know one i can think of is like i was i did a set with like my friend and myself nude and somebody commented two people commented both of them the same kind of comment of like oh this is more of like a porno or oh this is more of like a sex position even though it was like clearly not like like that at all yeah um and then also just like it used to be that there was more like inappropriate dms or like conversations just with flirting or like people inviting me places where we didn't have that kind of a relationship anyways that stuff whatever like people are are shitty like and yeah. that is an unfortunate reality pretty much anywhere you go i'm not even going to say that it's just the nft space did you but find then, that on instagram for example you were saying about instagram that you were in instagram before and then you move to Twitter and you found a community that is much more open and, in, and embracing to you. Did you have the same things on, on Instagram as well? Or is this something on, on Instagram? Twitter? It was harder for people who I, when I got into the space a year ago, or yeah, a year ago, it's only been a year. It feels like it's been five. Um, or when I left Twitter or I'm still on Twitter or sorry, Instagram, um, a year ago, I only had like 2000 followers, maybe. So it wasn't and it was like, I was shadow banned, people weren't seeing my work. So I didn't have nobody had access to my work. Like it wasn't like Twitter, where your work is being retweeted, and everybody's seeing it. And now people are commenting on it or DMing you or whatever. It, on Instagram, it was like nobody's seeing anything like it's very shut down. Um, or just like people who I might know in real life or something like that. Um, so yeah, Instagram, it was just different. And I, with- I'm sorry, I keep cutting you off. Oh, you go ahead. I, can I specifically ask you about, because this is something that we've come in to contact about, which is pricing. Can we talk about that a little bit? Like, because- Well- Yeah, go ahead. I was, what I was going to say is that was like my first initial experience of like the uncomfortableness of being a woman in, in the space or whatever. However, now I'm in a different perspective in the sense that like, I just think that women are so unbelievably outnumbered in the space that it's like way more complicated than just men being shitty. It's women aren't here. And like, you know, what are you going to do about that? You know, like you can't just all of a sudden even the tally by like doing buying work from women. 
like you have to have more women like create i don't know like just being to bring more in. in general yeah, yeah exactly and so in terms of pricing um yeah i don't know i don't know if i can speak to that really i do know that like way 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 more there's just way more men in the space and so they've been here longer yeah and i'm not saying like we're going to solve the problem by talking about it but i do feel like it's it's something that as a guy it's something i don't naturally think about until somebody brings it to my attention and as annoying as, as it is to get called out when it happens i'm like I immediately like, and then I'm like, okay, what am I not catching here? Like, am I doing, am I, am I part of this problem? And so, you know, I think that recently happened to me. And so I'm a little bit like, okay, how can I, how can I solve this? Or how can I be part of a solution and less mm -hmm. part of the problem? So, yeah. I mean, I think that there are like intentional things. I've been thinking about that too. You know, I think that like being online and like being loud about it, maybe is not always the best solution it's definitely not the only solution that's going to solve anything for sure um i think that like actions i i really appreciate you you know i saw that happen on twitter i was like there um and i appreciate you like taking a step back to think about it because i think that that says a lot and i also think that like doing little things like intentionally making sure that the prices are are reflective of a change that you want to see is like a great thing to do as like a collector um i would like to take credit for that but i can't that was mostly anaconda like calling me out which is fair like good for, yeah. her, good for her for doing that <laughs> and thank god you know i was like, annoyed but i was like you're right damn it <laughs> right exactly and anna is just wow I met her in person in New York and it was straight up like we, me, Samantha, Chikai, and then um, a few other people like got together for like dinner and then went back to Anna's place. And Anna's just fucking amazing. She's in my opinion, a genius, like just so genuine and authentic and herself. And, and I'm very, very happy that she's in this space because yeah, like it feels like having you know, a sister to, to like cling to, you know, sometimes you just need that. I think like one thing, by the way, like culturally getting into the whole misogyny in the space, again, it's more, it's complicated because like the bros are going to be bros, you know, they're broing together and like have, they have their cliques and their friendships and that's awesome. I'm like not out here you know, trying to dig on on men having good relationships with one another and, and having a space where they bond and, and have exciting, exciting connections and are, re are really, you know, like having a good time, like online and finding community here. But then it comes back to the problem of like, okay, but there's, there's no space for women in that. And like, that causes a huge problem in, in, in building a world which is you know what web3 is so you're starting to get at the crux of a problem here which is like who's building these spaces where it could either be both or specifically female that's what i'm that's what i'm thinking about a lot lately but what do you mean like it could be both or specifically well, female okay i'll give you an example 
and this is not um, not intentional, but like, I mean, also we're running long. Sorry. Um, I'm in a collector group. There's one woman in there. One. Two, two. And it, two. There's two now? Oh, you're right. There's two. You're right. But it's like 14 men and two women. And I'm like, sometimes I'm having really long conversations and I'm like, can I get a woman's perspective here? Because like, we're talking about a woman's work. And, you know, they're either not contributing or they're not there, but there's only two of them. So it's like, mm. who's building these spaces? Who's building these communities where it's mostly women? And then there's a couple guys or like, so, you know, I don't know. But uh, that is a thing that we need to keep, to keep always checking. But at the same time, I, I think is, we are in the beginning of a space that comes from crypto is, and is very financial and technology driven. And it's going to take time, I think. And men normally are more into that. If we see the space of crypto and it's populated more by men. So it's normal that is more, there are more collectors, men than women. I feel is like that that's something? only because, it, it, because crypto created a toxic culture where men feel more welcome than women. That's the only reason I think that's true. So not because I, it's not because like women are less likely to like crypto. I think that's that's I think not, well not the case. So I, in the other day, I took I took my collection and I have I made an Excel page of all my collection. How did I what did I buy for and what was the floor? And I was like, yeah, it's going to be zero. <laughs> but what I checked is how many females do I have? And that's one thing that I I, I went to check and it was, I was surprised. It, they were very un, underrepresented and I felt bad because I didn't, I didn't do that um, on purpose, of course, you know, but whenever I checked it, now the thing is, if there are more men in the space, does that, I don't know what is the proportion between, between men and women in the space. So maybe the proportion are, 70 to 30, you know, and in that case, it'd be normal to have a collection like that. I mean, you know? I'll just go ahead and say that, like, and I'm not exaggerating here. I'm being dead serious. Like at NFT NYC, for example, there were times where just me and Samantha would be the only two women in an entire gallery space. Not exaggerating. That makes sense. But like, why do you think that is? Why do you think that is? I guess is there I more barriers? Is is there? Do you think there are more barriers for women to get into space, or is a space that is so new that it didn't it didn't involve yet to to that? I think that like I guess what I was trying to communicate earlier is think about foundations invitation system, right? If you're being invited by another artist and you're a guy chances are your friends are guys. Yeah. Like that is just a cultural, whatever, yeah. a flaw reality that we have. Um, so like, that's exactly what this, the problem is in my head is like, if the, if the space is being created through relationships and the types of relationships that the, pe that the people in the space are having are, are predominantly male to male, then you're going to have a space that's like almost entirely male. And that is like, I think a problem, a cultural problem with the space is that we are in a space that is like full of people who have, who only feel comfortable having relationships with other men. And maybe they don't even know how to have healthy, appropriate relationships, friendships with women. 
Um, and I find evidence of that in these types of DMs that I get or these types of in, even interactions with friends that I have in this space. There have been, you know, light boundaries crossed that it's fine that these boundaries are crossed because I'm able to like establish and I understand that they don't understand that that's not a normal thing to say to somebody. So I think it's like, yeah, a problem, a cultural problem where the men in the space don't have, it seems, as many friendships with women who they feel comfortable sharing this world with. I think and that's so you, very true. My, I'm thinking about myself because I'm like the two guys, two people who I want to onboard. One is the artist for Big Hugs. He's a guy. I know him because I felt comfortable talking to him at a coffee shop once. Right. And when I approach a woman in a coffee shop, it feels weird and I don't feel comfortable. It's not that I exactly. can't like help myself. It's just that I'm like, <laughs> well, I'm with my wife and kids. And if I approach a random girl, it's weird. Um, and then the other person is a guy I knew from college. And so it's like, you're right. There's that kind of built-in barrier system. Yeah. And that's why, like, for me, it's, it's become, I un totally understand and, and don't even just understand, but sometimes I feel, you know, the defensiveness and the frustration and the anger of like feeling unseen and like misunderstood and everything and feeling angry um, at the world being the way that it is. But then I kind of come down and I'm like, um, you know, this is a problem that's that anger can't can't solve. Like it's a relationship problem. It's about like emotional learning. It's about people learning how to have relationships with women that that are not, um, you know, inappropriate or just in general learning how to have a relationship with with a woman. And then, of course, it's about building a strong community of women um, together and like and being intentional. I think if we have a problem, sorry, our windows are open, so there's a fly okay. that's absolutely annoying me. Um, <laughs> yeah, if, yeah, before I had to go in the back, so sorry for that as well. <laughs> You're good. But yeah, I just feel like it's it's great to be intentional and and try to onboard, uh, you know, women so that this problem can be uh, addressed in in a productive way, in a way where like it's being there's more, more people, more voices, more community that reflects the world um, outside of the crypto space. I would be interested in seeing what that looks like from a practical standpoint. I know we don't have time to like build it here, but like, I, I kind of want to like continue this conversation at some point, because I feel like it's the beginning building blocks of, of something that, that is very important, but uh, we're running a little long, so I'm going to cut a couple of the, uh, lightning round questions and I'm just going to do a, a classic, like, a classic question, which is what are you, what are you shooting with now? That's, that's my only, uh, lightning round question. What, what cool gear are you shooting with now? And then did you treat yourself to? Oh man. Well, I just got a, um, Sony, uh, a seven, four AR four there we go not a7 ar4 i should know my own camera i'm not a gearhead that's okay no um, <laughs> but it's like it's just got a much bigger sensor so i'm hoping to do i was i was feeling a little self-conscious with my last camera in terms of like doing large prints uh -huh. and i like am ambitious with doing large prints now and and so wanted to get something that could 
that could reflect that capacity. So I'm very excited about it and it looks great. Um, and then I have a, uh, I also just got a 24 millimeter lens. Um, so that's been a challenge, truthfully. I shot every single collection by every single one. I mean, the three that I have. Yeah. Um, all of them on a 50 millimeter lens um, only. Wow. And then that single camera. Wait, what were you so, shooting? With, what were you shooting those collections with? Sorry. Uh, Sony A7 III. Okay. And yeah, with that 50 millimeter prime lens, and I love the 50. I even like, I because I'm struggling with the 24, like doing something different. First of all, the 24 looks amazing. Like it's so beautiful and crisp and like just it looks great like quality wise what's challenging for me is the composition but i think that just comes with practice like uh it's it's a lot harder to compose i'm so used to having something longer yeah that so i like different. it's so different i'm having a difficult time composing things that like make sense to me but it's i'm definitely like the learning curve in this last week has been encouraging so <laughs> When can we expect something new from a 24 millimeter lens? Um, well, I believe I've posted some Don't stuff that her. I shot on that 24. No, no, you no. know, I actually have, I've shot a lot that I've put that I've not a lot. I think I have maybe like four or five pictures that I've shot on the, on the 24. Well, the I've ones posted. that you posted on Twitter, those are the 24 millimeter. Yes. Awesome. I believe I still, I'm going to tell I you, I still around. had, Oh, sorry. Sorry. No, 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 go ahead. Sorry. I still had two or three questions to make. We need to do uh, a part two yeah. podcast <laughs> one day. Yeah, yeah. Because I had, I still had. And when the main thing questions. I wanted to talk about, we didn't talk about, but that's fine. We'll, no. We'll, we'll do that later. <laughs> oh, no. But I'm I, so I, enjoying this combo. We could talk for hours, y'all. I do want to get to what we were talking about earlier, which is um, onboarding more female photographers. And let's talk about the three photographers that you think are underrated and would love to show, show everybody right now. Yeah. So, um, first person is like she does photography and videography she also that did that obscura community commission um we did that together yes alice oh alice she we actually she's the only person on twitter who we live close to one another um i see i've collected that work from her in the upper left hand yes. uh love that piece she's just all of these this collection is all videos they're incredible um, she's an amazing, all of the sound is done by her. Um, she's just a brilliant creator. She's been so, 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 so inspiring to me as a person, as a human. She's a great friend of mine um, and just so creative and, and probably one of the most interesting people you'll, you'll ever meet in your life. She's actually right now in the middle of the Atlantic Ocean because her and two other women are sailing from, they left North Carolina like three weeks ago, four weeks ago three weeks ago and they're sailing to some islands like basically off the coast of Portugal oh my God. and yeah she's freaking cool oh that's me in that video actually awesome um <laughs> and she's so, seen one of your pictures as well isn't she the one with the sunset yes she's actually in yeah. in a lot she's a, a character in the parody of a tangled thread um she's in several of the pictures uh in fact, there that website that Chikai made, um, we need to go through and add the individual characters because there's a story being told there too. And Alice is one of the characters. I find this uh, amazing. Thank you so much for letting me know. 
Oh this my god, yeah, I know. Really she's amazing. incredible. And I didn't take, know about it. Take a moment to like listen to it too. Like she is she also has an amazing singing voice. Like I could go on and on about how they say, but for the sake of time, just know she's incredible. And right. there's big things coming from her as well. That's awesome. Um, second person is so I for for two pieces in the parody of a tangled thread, um, I think they sold for like 1.7 ETH or maybe 1.5. And those two pieces, um, I'm using that ETH to collect from women in the space, but also to onboard women in the space. So this is a friend of mine, um, Brianda. She's an incredible um, digital artist. She's she's prolific. She has like just great work that she's been doing for years. Lots of her stuff is hand-drawn. Lots of it is like collage super psychedelic. Um, like and so yeah i like basically funded the minting of her first collection and then bought a piece from her um so that's really important to me and i think it's important for people to like think about not just buying from women but like thinking about how to onboard women who like can benefit from being in the space i mean the space has changed my life it's made it possible for me to be a working artist and i want that for like other women who i know who i who i think are great artists and brianda is one of those people um, this is awesome. This can I say? Right here. It's very cool. Can I say something? Can I say something? Absolutely. We should have a curation platform for women. Yeah, that'd be sick. I I would love that, or at least just a section. I collected I that bottom piece right Jeff, there. The greenhouse. I think Jeff already did a, a search, and I think he found one uh, no, platform I, that uh, is like that, isn't it? Well, it's not for women, but it's you know. I, I was just looking for it's by women platforms that were by women. I know, I know assembly has a, a woman founder, but mm. um, one of them, but this, this is fantastic stuff. I love, I love yeah. this. Is this digital art? What is it? I mean, it's like, yeah, it's it digitally collage art. A lot of it is painting. Okay. Um, she, she has some stuff that she's like painted and then made digital work out of. Very cool. Yeah. Very, very cool, cool stuff. And then the third person um, we all know and love is Issa. I believe it's pronounced Issa. Issa. Can't believe I this wish... is still for sale. This is I know. an amazing one. She has great, great, amazing work. And I just really love her uh, ecological vibe that she's got going on with these really harsh shadows, that mother gaze, kind of a combination of like mother gaze and also just like mother earth vibes i think she's got really beautiful work and i would love to see more eyes on her stuff the picture behind uh bernardo is one exactly Ugh, yeah one of my favorite i love pieces. i love her, her pieces and that is the collection for on foundation so we have she has several collections on foundation that she has a few pieces only and she is looking to sell to be able to mint more and that's exciting and i and I, and I think it's, it, she's wonderful. She's wonderful. Actually, um, I rate her at the same level as you, Summer, and Amy Woodward. You know, it's, yeah, it's, it's an in-between. So it has some of the magic that you bring to your photos. And it has the motherhood uh, theme from Amy. So I, I put her on the same level as you two, which is saying a lot. You know, I might be wrong, but for me, that that's what I feel. 
No, definitely. She's amazing. And like I said, I love the the parallels between the, the ecological stuff and that's magical to me. And, the, and then the motherhood stuff, which is also magical to me. So she's a very magical person. Well, thank you right. for showing all of those to us. Those are fantastic. Yeah. Thank you so much. I'm going to have a look on the first collection, actually. I, I need to see the link. Uh, can you put then the on the description the link? Oh, yeah. Jeff, don't forget oh, yeah. to put that. So, Samer, thank you so much for coming to our podcast. Unfortunately, we have to wrap up. I still had three or four questions for you. Sorry. And for sure, you will come back. Whenever you mean to your next collection, probably we'll call you back. And then oh. we'll ask the difficult questions because these ones were the easy ones. Um, <laughs> do you want to ask us anything or do you want to say anything before we wrap up? Mm. No. Thank you. <laughs> I don't think I have anything Jeff, more to say. <laughs> that's fine. Thank Jeff, you guys for having anything? me. Ultimately. You're welcome. Oh, man, that it was, was our pleasure. Thank you so much. So, guys, see you next week. We don't know yet who we are going to have next week. We are still working on that. I hope you enjoyed the conversation today. Thank you, Summer, for joining us on these um, conversations. Please, again, go to subscribe, put a like, go to our Discord of Big Uggs, follow us on Twitter, follow the Utility Podcast on Twitter as well. If you have any collections dropping, let us know. We may be able to bring it here. And if you have any suggestions to us, or if you want to, uh, a subject to be discussed in here, please go to our Discord. We have amazing conversations in there, and you'll be welcomed. So, good night, and hugs for everyone. Thanks. See you next time. Bye. Uh, thanks again. Bye.